halfway there. You either got less hair or more coming out everywhere. Getting more deaf, worrying about death. All the tires you got are spare. Unexplained coffin while choosing your coffin. Getting some laughs in and choking on taffy. Squeaking more than a dolphin. Rolling at the kids, soiling undies with skids. Wondering if we fucked it up, can we still make the mic drop? Genexing, texting, vexing, exiting. But not yet, not yet. We're just halfway there. Halfway there. Hi, I'm Jenny Tear. Hi, I'm Camilo Fantasia. Hi, I'm Kim Gaynor. And welcome to another episode of Halfway There. A podcast about the new middle age. <laughs> Hello, everybody. I don't know if you heard, but I'm fresh from the symphony. Yes, yes, me and my fellow moneyed Kansas Cityans enjoy the orchestrations and soundations and ululations of the string. Keep going, keep going, you'll get it. The wind section and the brass section and the percussion section. Oh, let me not forget the two harps, not just one harp, but two harps. Was it live music accompaniment for a porno? <laughs> no, I just want to know where there are a lot of people. Why would we mean that, Camilo? Yeah. <laughs> are you talking about the horns? Jennifer. Oh, the horns. The horns were the French horn was a little twisty, but the trumpets. Oh, there were two was, men were there who a lot engaged of in trumpet there? solos. Okay, okay, but were there a lot of people there? <laughs> it was fairly crowded. It was the Sunday was PM. Yeah, it was a blue hair crowd. Uh, were there any youngins? There were actually, now that you mention it, there was a whole row of youngins behind us, some kind of music students, I believe, oh. because a man came over and talked to them about the pieces. Like he was trying to that is really them. sweet. Was that your first time at the symphony, Camila? Oh, no, no. Oh, no. I'm basically oh, practically a symphony regular. I mean, it is the second time. The cultured Camilo Vagavia. Oh, of course you've been. Of course you've been before. Just ask. Twice, to... Kim Gaynor. Twice. <laughs> oh, it's fun to go and see live things again, isn't it? Yes, it is. It really although, is. although the last time we went was last October, so we went in the thick of Omicron or whatever was or Delta, whatever was happening at the time. Yeah. And they still require masks. Yeah. But of course, guess who's taking off all their masks during the performance? Even though the old people. Them. Yeah, the, the boomers. Players. The boomers. Yeah. Boomers. Yeah. Yep. Such as it is. Well, they're the ones most at risk if they uh, if they're, if they're not concerned, I guess. What are you going to do? Um, Kim, how was your weekend? I have week? no recollection of my weekend or my week, so it must have been great. It, that sounds that sounds wonderful. I just point out that Kim is drinking some of the most expensive bottled water in the world. Fiji? Fancy? No, she's drinking Volvic. Oh. I like it because it sounds like... Volva. Lady. <laughs> yeah. And who doesn't like that? I used who to like it because it's a square bottle. Mm. I, I, I normally don't get the vulva water. I normally get, um, if I'm getting bottled water, which I know is bad for the environment, I normally get uh, the Pellegrino because it comes in glass, which is better. Mm -hmm. I love Pellegrino too. 
Yeah, and I, I love bubbles. As a single yeah, goer, of course I love Pellegrino. <laughs> I wouldn't settle for anything less. I love, um, you know, it's the worst water is Dasani. That's like, yeah, it's, it's like, a, like tap water, Coca Cola. Yeah, exactly, one hundred percent. Jim and I, I was forced to get a Dasani the other day, and not even like to bring this even make it even more depressing it was in walmart oh real low class is what you're telling us jim and i started at crate and barrel looking for a certain kind of bowl Mm -hmm. and we ended up going to four shops of decreasing like uh um, quality value and quality well no the increasing value for sure because because we started creating barrel and we ended up at then we went to um, Pottery Barn and actually then we went to Williams Sonoma where everything was laughably expensive. Oh my yeah. God, it's so expensive. I used to love going there on the weekend in the Time Warner building in New York. And because there would be all of these like, oh, would you like to try our artisan flaxseed crackers and dip them in our artisan olive oils at <laughs> $97 a bottle. And I was like, yeah, well, <laughs> I would. And then they'd have a cooking demonstration and there'd always be this brigade of old people who were like aggressively pushing their way to the front and taking 42 samples of whatever is made. <laughs> like It's their job. I love that. I miss that. That's a New York thing that I actually really miss. Um, that sounds like me in about six months uh, <laughs> when I'm retired. When you get your you know ARP what? card. Yeah. Do you, know that, when, do you know that the first like five years of being an ARP, you know, you start, you, you get discounts on things, but they scale like. Okay. As you get things. closer to death, it's correct. Like, you get more, okay. better and better discounts. Well, the first five yeah. years, it's all garbage. It's like, are burger. you in it? Are you it's a like, member? No. Jamis. You- well, you can go oh. in at like, what, 40? No, 55. No, I think it's younger than I've lowered it. No, 50, 50. Yeah. 50. Okay. Yeah. So, but it's all garbage. It's like Taco Bell, Burger King, Pizza Hut. It's like they they're want, to kill, exactly want, they you want to, to kill you. Don't they want yeah, you? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Don't they want you to like live longer so you're paying them dues for a longer time? I don't get it. No one pays for subscriptions anymore yeah. anyway, so that's probably part of the problem. You know what's an amazing store, too, speaking of high-end furniture, is did you ever go to ABC Carpet? In oh, Christ God, Square? yeah, and they had a restaurant in there. Oh, my God. A $20,000, like, uh, Persian Sofa. Yeah. Yes. And it, it was... was- and so every decadent. surface covered with some sort of high-end bric-a-brac, like just overwhelming. I can't lie. I wanted it all. I wanted Me it too. All. I still want it. I wanted it, to move was... in to one of their things. Like they, oh my know, God, they have all these like rooms set up like, yeah. with their decor. And it's like, can I just lie? They really do have beautiful beautiful stuff it was they also had that like particular they really uh struck the sort of shabby chic mm-hmm. you know shabby like boho chic for sure <laughs> yeah. yeah it looked like a free people clothing store had exploded into furniture uh-huh Basically, can i tell you that in south, there was an a store in south i discovered one in south florida and my excitement went through the roof and i told jim we're gonna go to this abc you're gonna be blown away 
by the extravagance and the lavish kind of decor and everything. We go there and it's just like a fucking warehouse with furniture just sitting out. Yeah. And it was so not the New York ABC furniture store experience. I was devastated. Just <laughs> you've been talking it up and he was not impressed of taking it. No, it was just, you know, just furniture sitting out. No creativity had gone into making it feel like it's a magic, like elves live there, you know? Like that's you know what else feels. is a, 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 a magical place? Um, okay, there's a like big box version and then there's like the New York version. And I can't remember the name, but like Restoration Hardware. Yeah. Okay, you go in there and it's like all of the recovered doors and yeah. knobs and ceiling fixtures from, you know, every... Uh, townhouse and brownstone that's ever been demolished in New York City. I was sad. It's like a graveyard of like New York City architectural elements. And it's magical. It's magical for sure. Doors and chairs and just it goes down to such small elements, hinges and locks. And yeah, that's so fun. That's not how the restoration hardware. They're very fancy. We have one here. And it's almost yeah, it's like a, not the, it's not the chain. I can't think of the, the name of the one in New York, but okay. Jen knows what I'm talking about, right? Um, I don't, but I can imagine. Um, yeah. I think it's New York is such a consumer's paradise. It really is like whatever you particularly fancy. If you have the money for it, they've got the time. I've got the brains, you know, it's like a Pet Shop Boys song. It's I have uh, to say, actually, it's more complicated to consume in New York than in the where there are suburbs easily accessible. Like, I, I feel like it's actually less consumery in a way. There's more there's more of a shopping mm. experience, I think, in New York City, like stores want to even chains want to show like their best, you know, right. Their best. um I don't know, flagship, whatever you want to call it. Their best window displays, best window displays, just the coolest looking layouts and so on. But actually, it's much more consumery when you live in a smaller city because you have strip malls like right there everywhere and they have all the big box stores. It's not a hassle to get to them. You just, you know, jump in your car. Whereas in New York, you're like, okay, to get to Ikea, I literally have to ride a ferry. You know, a, like a subway to it's an expedition yeah i guess that probably changed a little bit with like uber and lyft apparently getting an uber right now in new york is like you go two blocks and it's a hundred dollars yeah no f that it used to be great you know i know person that needed you know to have a car and yeah place yeah you i Man, I had a whole Uber for portion of my budget because at mm. one point, because it was it was cheaper than cabs most of the time. Like yeah. I did cabs, and um, and w if you live like in the boroughs or Harlem, like I did, you know, it's it came in handy. I don't know what it's like now. Sounds bad. Now it's pretty pricey. They say the millennial discount is over. <laughs> Well, that's that's apparently they had like, I guess they had they had sort of factored into their pricing, keeping it really cheap because they were basically trying to price out their competitors. Mm -hmm. That was part Ads. of. Yeah. 
I don't want and... to um, like make this a New York centric podcast, but oh. I understand they're now partnering with the cab. They're gonna Uber's gonna partner with New York City Yellow Cabs. Oh, really? Yeah, that was uh, that should have happened. That was in the paper I yesterday. It's been happening for a while. Oh, like wow. I've been in a cab that saw that. Was, yeah. So does that, that mean that taxis are now going to be the price of an Uber with congestion pricing and? Uh, I wonder. I mean, I wonder how that'll work with the medallions and also to the gig worker versus employee. Um, There are there are set rates for New York City. And that is one of the rates of taking a yellow cab. You can't they just can't take you for a ride and take you to the airport and say, oh, that's going to be four hundred dollars. That's it. There's a rate. And that's what it is. And that's what's so good about it so if that changes fuck caps i don't know i hope not wow that's really interesting i didn't know that yeah that i didn't like read i didn't read the deal. details yeah i can't huh. uh, enlighten yeah, anymore I, yeah i mean in other cities like driving it i i when i went to italy i was not that surprised but you know uber had been banned entirely because they didn't want Uber coming in and basically turning what is a middle-class profession into a precarious gig worker job. So they entirely banned it from operating. And when you do take a cab there, you're like, oh, this is, you know, this is a very respectable, this is a way people like raise families and, and, um, and all the cab drivers know each other. Like you're literally at a, a, traffic light and they're like hey Giuseppe you know like everybody Giuseppe I mean seriously Marco, like, they're, they're like, it is Amici, it is yeah and oh, Mario oh yeah. Super Mario and Luigi any opportunity pizza, to trot out his brilliant array of truly uh, you need to you need to offer a dial a dialect coaching um side yeah you do you, it'll be like uh uber for dialects camilo it's because i've been watching uh elena ferrante's like television television version of um my brilliant the, friend my brilliant friend the neapolitan yeah. novel and uh, it's just, there's just so much yelling in Italian. It's like so close to stereotype, but I love it. Just yeah. love it. Because when you're reading the book, there's just a lot of drama and there's a, you know, there is a lot of like heightened um, exchanges. But when you yeah. see it, when you see it like film and it's just so, um, it's so intense. Like they're all so intense. Yeah. You know? Yep. Mm-hmm. There's smacking and there's yelling and there's throwing and it's just like veer so close to stereotype, but it it's very rooted in how it was. Or that reminded of a few Italians. I'm trying to think if they were like unduly violent. I was thinking about that sweet Italian guy you dated. Wait, we don't yeah. sound designer. We like the oh. Italian. Oh God. Yeah. Yeah. Name started oh, with a D. And yes. ended with an well, E. I know who it is now. Okay. <laughs> Domenico? Yes. No, Domenique? No, he was um, lovely. He was a sweet guy. Oh, I just remember the name. He was a job with that theater company. And then uh-huh. when, I, when I had my solo show, he designed, you know, and he was like, I, I usually charge, you know, and it was like a lot of money. And I'm like, ah, come on, Giuseppe. His name's like Giuseppe. <laughs> and he's like, okay. 
Um, I mean, he charged me, but it was. Why are we not saying his name? Like, why is, why are we. Say his name. We're only saying nice things about him. I don't want to say his name. Okay. Because I brought him up and I don't know if he's okay with it. And he might be listening to this podcast, but I remember he was a very nice guy. And I like, I remember he was from the South of Italy and um, that's why I remember he was a nice guy. He was like very warm and friendly and Italian. And remember that Italian student that like we hung out with Kim, we went to PS one. He was so cute. He was in, he was a embassy kid. I remember us going to PS one and that, that was a really fun day. It was. And we ended up at that bar and Uh um, And? it was very fun. This kid was, he was so, he was very cute, very handsome. Was he 16? He practically was. I think he was like uh-huh. 20. He was like probably, but he was very brassy and fun and lovely. And he was from a family uh, from Milan. And he was, he loved New York. He was crazy, crazy for New York. I had a because, lovely Italian student when I worked in the South Florida school. Yeah. And um, he was one of our student workers. So he, you know, stuck around for longer than a normal student does. Yeah. But, but we t- <laughs> we took him out to like a happy hour that got longer and longer. And he got so drunk, he threw up in my car. And um, this poor like 19 year old baby was not used to American partying, hard partying styles because they just don't they don't do like that in Europe. They don't the binge, alcohol binging. like we do. Yeah, That's they insane. don't. They don't get served. Except like for in the UK. Uh, oh yeah, the UK. Uh, UK except- yeah. I said except for in the UK. Yes, yeah. I agree. Except for in the UK. Yep. They, yep. Yeah. Oh, the Scottish too, Kim. Oh Ooh. Lord, girl. They they the, love a it's a they love a good the, group. Tell them about the pool cue night. <laughs> Oh, yeah. the, British, we, the British Isles, all we, of them. We saw a few a few bar fights in our day. <laughs> we I'll saw a few glassings, way. a few glassings. You know what yeah. a glassing is? No. You take a glass and you break it and then you just like, you yeah. know, Ooh. somebody with it. It's yeah. a good thing Will Smith didn't have a glass. Okay, we'll address that. I was going to see. Well, that will be, <laughs> yes, I was going to. Or, or we already addressed that. Get into we're you. No, we're no, doing no, no, a, a little no. look behind the scenes. Episodes might be in a different order than we are recording them. This is the magic of podcasting. That's true. Yes. I've never seen such intense bar violence as I did in Scotland. And it It wasn't just the men. It It was was, the the drunkenness, at least maybe the violence was more so the men, but definitely the just out there drunkenness was with the women as well. Just we called them the McTarts. (laughs) <laughs> because we were we call we were very culturally culturally sensitive <laughs> everyone don't make me glass yeah speaking of speaking of violence have my pussy out don't make me glass yeah Camila, maybe you can take her to the symphony with you next time <laughs> Okay. I think not. Only the people with the utmost uh, 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 decorum and she likes the noise string music too. 
<laughs> anyway, okay. Okay, so speaking of violence, uh, let's get to these questions because I felt very attacked. Um, oh. So, um, Kim, do you want to introduce this segment? Yeah. Um, listen, we're doing a special segment dedicated to our Hafsi fans who we really, really love. And have to say, our numero uno fan at this moment is Tina. The adorable, the just great, like friendly Tina. mensch of a guy. There's Tina, of course. Tina, Tina is like the patron saint of yes. podcasts. <laughs> That's different. But our number one fan is Jordan Tierney of New York City. He Yay, great. And um we love him. And we're going to dedicate this whole freaking episode to his very, very good questions. You've got questions. We've got replies. Give us a sec while we surmise. Are they any good? Suppose they could. It's what we got. So deal with it or not. Jordan's a little bit younger than us. Um, I'll put that out there. But I think he's like listening, maybe like fearfully, <laughs> a bit of anticipation of what's to come. And he wants to know, damn it, what's it going to be? Like, what's going to happen to him? And I think it's our duty to share as much of our quote unquote wisdom with him as we can. So we're like middle aged guides, right? We're like guides yeah, exactly. to the middle age. That's right. Kind of like the um Grim Reaper. Yes, we're middle aged ushers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Exactly. <laughs> Doulas. Doulas of the middle age. <laughs> oh. I like that. It's really so bloody. Agey and then on, on trends. Mm-hmm. Who's got candy, by the way? (laughs) Wait, I have the questions in front of me. Are you saying you don't? I do not. I'm going to say I do not, but I'm so glad that you do. Yes. Camilo. I I am so glad that as a cultured symphony going person, of course, I also take notes and am prepared overall. Because I've evolved. This is the benefit of middle age. You evolve into a better version of yourself and a better version of most people. Uh, apparently also applies to this podcast. So, okay. Um, enough so preamble. Back to Jordan Tierney, our number one super fan, <laughs> favorite fans questions. We want to make sure that we ha- have enough time to allot to Jordan Tierney, who is our favorite. Uh, so like, shoot, Camila, let's see. Let's see if we can um, clear some things up for him. Well, I won't shoot. I will orate. Okay. Sure. I will orate these questions. Okay. I have been in coffee shops around folks younger than me, and I've been getting sudden and unwanted aha moments to all the ways in which I was annoying around the adults in my life when I was youthful. Uh, or and was in youthful, blissful ignorance of self. What is the most annoying, most unself-aware thing that you see younger people say or do to you today? Great question, Jordan. 
Really Where do I start? <laughs> yeah, I... Um, yeah, Jen, start. You have. You seem to have something on the tip. Yeah, Jen. Well, I mean, I'm around young people quite a bit because I'm on a college campus. So, um, you know, I guess I find this generation, broadly speaking, a very curious mix. Granted, as Camila always likes to point out, there is a class dynamic to this. So this is a pretty expensive campus. Um, and uh, there is definitely sometimes my experience anyway, is that there is more of a sense of entitlement than I think I had. And uh, I think also too, when you're younger, you do have a know-it-all quality, especially I think as you're discovering your like political voice that sometimes is not very generous to other people. Um, I think this has been made worse by social media, but I noticed that too. Um, Can you give specific examples of the entitlement, like the difference? I mean, I have a really gnarly, gnarly example. Yeah, let's hear it. God, this will probably, I don't want to lose my job. Um, Okay, well, there was a kid who drove his car basically into like a mud bank um, (laughs) two weekends ago. And... uh, this is pretty bad behavior, but um, he the it, the car got stuck, obviously, and he was to, he was given like two days to basically get the car out. He said he would call AAA, which he didn't, and then he finally came in to the office where I worked, and was very upset that his car had been towed after he was given almost three days to like remove it from the road. And he hadn't also registered his car. I don't know if this is a very good example. I, yeah, I would but, say like, I, this seems like something a rich person would have done. Like even like a medieval lord would have like stuck his like carriage true. in a mud Yeah, it is very like, much. It's like James Spader behavior in Pretty in Pink, which is what it was like. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. I love that Jen X's fuck reference. It is. It was that. He is that character, you guys. It is. It is really that. It was really that behavior. Anyway, I think that's that's a good example of entitlement. Like what? Like it's a good example of entitlement, but it's not a differentiating from rich people when we were young. I'll say this: there are much more. You have more. You have better examples. Like, sorry. I don't mean to okay, like, I was talking you. to somebody. I was talking to somebody else in the. Uh, she works in the career development office, and she was telling me that um, she has students who work there who tell the people that they're working under. They're like internship positions. They'll basically give them feedback on how they think they should be doing their job. Yeah, like the the kind of. Um, and I really think this is partly fostered through social media too. the kind of like, Oh, okay. Boomer loser. I know better. Um, and also this, they won't show up for things because of mental health days or like they're, they're perceived mm. like I I'm, I'm cramping. That's definitely a conversation I had recently with someone who was dealing with that. Someone who works in the theater and was working with a, uh, you know, Jen, the, she's a Gen Xer and this person was a Gen Zer, And yeah, I'd yeah. be like, this is not okay. You can't just not show up. Yeah. 
Yeah, absolutely. That that is a that is a pronounced that is something very different, I think, from our generation. It that that was not considered an acceptable. You showed up, you know, it wasn't like telling your boss, hey, no, I'm not going to be there. We actually went to the effort of like, you know, coughing a little bit beforehand. So our voice got a little ragged. Then we called on the phone and we were like, (laughs) no, but not these kids. They're like, look, today I'm taking a mental health day. Um, I don't know if you read about what's going on and, you know, X, Y, Z plays, or if you have heard about the oppression of X, Y, Z people, but I can't deal today. (laughs) <laughs> and or whatever it is like sorry i'm gonna be ripped by by our one gen z listener for that but no it's a real thing and i think i've it's real seen it too i think there's you know i think there's just there's always a tension you know honestly i think that the the best way is in in these circumstances is the middle way this is what happens between the generations? They come along and there it's just the older generation perceives the younger generation as being a really extreme and the, the younger generation perceives the older generation as being completely useless. And really the truth lies somewhere in the middle, you know, um, the middle being Gen X, which is the perfect the, generation, the middle being the people keep being born to push forward society, not to regress it. And, you know, there is some tension in that always. There's going to be. Yeah. Agreed. 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 That, you I know what? Wanna... Some, something I do admire about them is they have a healthy kind of, in, in some ways, I think it's good disrespect of the establishment and authority. Yeah, and the, concept of, is, and the concept of working every day, five days out of the week is absurd. Yeah, I think that that's fair. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. Um, I, I, I don't want to mansplain your experience to you, but I also I think that previously you've brought up a really good also um, college related uh, concept around this, which is the entitlement to get an A because you are paying a college Fifty thousand to a hundred thousand dollars a year that the professor should be rewarding you just because it's so expensive. Because they're employees, basically. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. and that yeah, you you put in minimum effort on your paper, but you should still get an A because, like, dude, like, be cool, you know? Yeah. No. Um. There's definitely uh. There's definitely an interesting. But I do think that's very class based. Oh, yeah. You know, um, nobody in a community college, which of which there are lots of really good ones would dare, I think, you know, I don't know. I grew up. um, This is something that I was always taught. Uh, Yes, to community colleges being great, by the way, I've said this in previous podcast episodes that I'm kind of sick of everybody complaining about like college tuition like at a certain point no one's making you fucking go to harvard and at harvard and take on two hundred thousand dollars of debt or however much the fuck that would be you can go to a community college and there are plenty of people living like full lives and successful 
who've educated themselves for very little. Like at some point we have to take responsibility for our choices. Um, and anyway, that's kind of a side note. What Agreed. I say before that, what were you saying, Jen? I was talking about, I can't remember now. I have a I, response I, I, to this. Yeah. I, the thing that oh, I found- Oh, I like, was gonna, no, sorry. I just remembered what I was gonna say, sorry. Not to interrupt you, but I remember the thing I was going to say, which is that I remember in high school arguing for my grade uh, on a couple of instances because I was taught that if you don't think it's fair, not because you not because you fucking uh, are entitled to it, but because if you don't think it's fair, you have to speak up. I remember a. um science project we all remember those science fair projects with the like cardboard and you had to do you know whatever experiment and you have to do this scientific method and i had a really good one and um I, my teacher was like she said i didn't use enough like graphs or whatever and i remember i had a very specific great argument like written out made an appointment to go see her, showed her my data, showed her why it was like properly documented and she raised my grade. And I don't think that's oh, wow. the same as, yeah. Well, so that is, I think that's different than- grade. It's different from your, from you having your parents. recruiting your parents to come yeah. talk to the professor. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah. My mom was forever being like, do I need to go down there and talk to them? And I was like, no, mom, please, no, no, don't talk to anybody. Oh, that is a huge difference, isn't it? We would be mortified yeah. if our parents came in to do anything oh, at all at the school. Anything. No. It's like. And she, but she was always ready. Like, do I need to talk to this teacher? Are they I'm like, no. And I would, I'd handle it. You know, I handled a lot of things looking back on it you know, in a really mature way. It's because of my parents. Like they, they taught me to stand up for myself, to stand up for other people as well, but like to stand up for yourself, but you're going to have to back it up. You know, I think that's slightly different than maybe this. Okay. Well, I see you guys took this question very seriously because I wrote being effortlessly attractive is the most annoying thing about young people. That's just every, that's, that's just youth, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. Like, and then half of those beautiful young people spend their time like hating the way they look. And it's stupid. Yeah. We should, we want, you want to shape them. Like their fast metabolism kids. and beautiful skin. Yes. Yeah. Like stop it. You're beautiful. Yeah. I think this is a really good one actually. Camilo. Don't look in my basement because I have all of their flesh suits. I'm kidding. I'm totally. <laughs> this is why they moved to where there's yeah. like Ex yeah. exactly. I was like, oh. I need a fresh. <laughs> um, I'm like, don't you want to come in and talk about the issues of the day? <laughs> and then I lock the door and put them in the basement so that I could take out their young fleshy bodies no i'm kidding um yeah uh they're the fact that they can their metabolism as i as i aging i'm really 
remember uh, envious. Re- yeah remember when you could like be out all night literally and then go have like a sunrise um uh breakfast you know at some place at some diner right 24 yeah. diner yes. and you would be like oh i look like garbage i've been out all night and you don't you look like dewy a daisy and yeah you look fresh as a driven snow You're, you you could smell like yes. absolute like a pile of just trash and nobody <laughs> cares you look yeah. so true because you're young and you get- yeah beauty that comes with youth and um Jordan I think that is a that is a major one do not freaking waste your youth thinking that you're ugly and disgusting when you're not yeah enjoy your young bodies please I think find the find the happy medium because young people who don't think of themselves as incredibly attractive are more (laughs) palatable or incredibly attractive asshole but like (laughs) no there's no reason going around beating yourself up when you're you know you're you're beautiful not that youth is makes you valuable but you know there's there is something special about it and it's fleeting and my my face was never i had a lot of breakouts when i was younger and i still as we know they don't go away completely but like nobody seemed to care that i was pimply a pimply 21 year old like like the youth youth, like sort of powers through that like if you are young and cute you're still young and cute even if your skin isn't the best skin yeah like it's just right it's just your the patina of your youth also they're well not all of them but good posture (laughs) non-slouching i I could go on and on yeah, yes. And we, we've spent a lot of time on this one great question, and there are several other really. Yeah, we, we do have to move on. You're right. Okay. Um, I have very little to say about the next question. So <laughs> what is a trend from your youth that is no more that you wish would make a return? And my first, the fir- my first response was like, none. We looked and acted ridiculously. um, (laughs) i can think of some that have come back i really can't think of any that haven't like um i mean a lot of things have come back so like roller skating that was a huge thing when i was like in elementary school that's way back i follow people on social media that are just like sexy sexily roller skating all over their instagram must have been a texas thing not for me not in spain no okay well we already know that you didn't have a normal childhood <laughs> a texas thing listen no uh definitely roller skating and what is something that didn't didn't come back that i wish a trend that mm, I, yeah i'm trying to think um because I, I also was like thinking about when I was thinking about trends, I started thinking about clothing and I and I'm like, I, I tried to be trendy when I was like around 14, 15. I decided I had to dress fashionably and my three older siblings, my half sister and two half brothers, they they were like, OK, we got you got to style your hair like this. You got to wear these clothes. So they started to like style me in a way. So I had all these cool clothes, but they were too cool. Like in school, I got made fun of because I had like 
bright red suspenders and I had like really baggy white pants and I wear like this really baggy white shirt with these red suspenders. I was like white and red. Then I had like the bomber jacket with a big furry hood, but it was like too cool for school. Like I was too cool Spain? for school. I'm, I'm finding this hard to believe you yeah. were too cool for the Europeans. Oh, yeah, because this was like a very, this was the provinces, okay? I grew up in the provinces. So we're not talking okay. about, you know, I wasn't in Barcelona. I was in the village. So it mm-hmm. was just too much. <laughs> and, um, and uh, you know, they decided I had to have spiky hairs. I had all like all this spiky hair and stuff. So it was like a lot. But the I problem mean- with back then is that the best thing that's happened to men is like slim fit, clothing if you're slim um athletic fit whatever you want to call it because everything then was huge huge and baggy if you were a guy so not good do not like do not care do not want never again hmm um spiky hair like gel that was okay i remember that okay with the hair that was cute um Geez, I don't know. Trends kind of morph. You know, I mean, I wish that I'll say this in light of the fact that like the Oscars were were last night and just thinking about the place that movies no longer uh, like quite occupy. I do miss um, that that there aren't that everything is sort of a niche experience now that there aren't these. They're very there seem to be more water. Yeah, less and less like unifying cultural events like the one show that everybody watched um like michael jackson moonwalking yeah like uh the absolute global superstar kind of um that we all were obsessed with as kids i really think we've seen that sort of fade in our lifetime um and i actually think that scarcity is good for for art weirdly like it, it it gives it more meaning. And now when you can, you have all of this stuff at your fingertips, somehow it like diminishes the value. Yeah, I was going to say um, there are just so many experiences people have and so can have and so much access people can have to uh, celebrities and and to celebrity themselves even. But it, yeah, yeah. The ironically, maybe it's kind of, lessen the impact of the global superstar because it it has diluted like and we can all be global superstars in our minds i mean there's instagram you have access to the entire world yeah um what about malls oh having Mm -hmm. having just to quickly put a button on this to be negative nelly having said all that there was a lot of cultural gatekeepers when we were younger, Jordan. There was like five men, five white, middle-aged, maybe old men who decided what was good enough for television, what wasn't. And frankly, personally, I enjoy our current era where there's a lot more unleashed creativity, I think, because there's just a lot more platforms for people to express themselves or to create. So yeah, it was it was nice to be like in an office and whatever, but a character of color, a queer character was going to be a friend. You know, it was not, there's just. It, there was not, there was not a way for an Issa Rae to become a thing. Right. It, became yeah. famous from a YouTube 
very low budget, but hilarious that I yeah. turned Milo on to. You did. And then I the, remained that faithful. That was Awkward Black Girl <laughs> that became Awkward Black Girl that became Insecure. Insecure. And, and she's a huge, she's a huge star. There was no, there was no possible analogy yeah. for someone to take yeah. to, to be noticed like that. Yeah. In our day. Because nostalgia is very toxic and it's easy to see the MAGA crowd. I mean, that's the worst example. I don't, know. I don't think if it's, I think it's natural. I don't necessarily think it's toxic and I don't think it necessarily embracing everything new as, as a net positive is also, I think there's a kind of naivete in that as well. So I think it's a balance, honestly, but sure. blanketly declaring something toxic, I don't think is useful. You know, I mean, I think it's undeniable that people's standards of living have they've decreased. I mean, you only have to look at like the 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 death rate in this in in this country, for example, which is, yeah, people are living less or they're not living as long. That is that that is is absolute proof. Is that because we're not all watching Friends? No, it's not. But I'm talking about there's sometimes there's a justifiable reason for nostalgia, Mm. you know, so I, I think I think is that li- true though? Sorry. Is it that- is true. The, the 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 death the lifespan in the US has gone down. Yes, but it's it's true. But this was a question about trends. But the scientific ceiling on lifespan has increased because we see it, it has, but we but our our lifespans, so the lifespans of Americans has decreased. It's yeah. one of the only it's oh, it's it's it's, ter- it's it's not a good sign. It's like but that's a uh, statistical trend. I don't think it's what Jordan was asking us about. But that wasn't. Yeah. But I think that that part but part of part of nostalgia comes out of that. And I think it's also a facet of getting older and that's OK. He's asking you know? us nostalgic, though. That that's the question. Right. Yeah. What? Jordan is literally asking us to be nostalgic. Nostalgic, yeah. yeah. yeah I, I mean, there's lots, there's lots of things to be nostalgic about if you want to be. Like we've talked about going out with your friends and not your parents having no idea where you were until 9 p.m., yeah. you know? There like is a that, nostalgia to that. That is, that's, I feel bad that kids can't do that safely, but, you know, they're weird. Also, in the 80s, I, the peak of serial killers, so it was like... <laughs> there were more serial killers in that. the 80s than even the 70s. I was thinking like, that. You know, it's so who knows? I was Zooming with my brother who's a public, he's a school teacher, public school teacher. And he said that the, he well, he blamed part of it on the pandemic. He was like, it's really hard to teach kids right now. It's accelerated all the antisocial trends. He was like, basically when a break when there's a break, they all take out their phones. He said it's like teaching a classroom of 30 addicts who can't wait to get back to the their The trend their, of not having phones. phones, Jordan. The trend of having a phone in your kitchen with a cord yeah. that stretched to the back of the house. To <laughs> that is the trend that I miss. I miss, you know, I miss getting a call from someone who didn't, didn't want your parents to know about it and you had to freaking physically take that phone still attached to the motherfucking wall to another part of the house. Yeah. Phone conversations, having actual phone conversations. And Jordan, those cords got so tangled up. Yeah. (laughs) Like that was a project to like untangle your phone cord every few I have a question. Do you think people still have crushes? 
Yes, they Absolutely. do. Yeah. They're okay. too yeah. fucking scared to say anything about it because they'll be canceled and yeah. they'll be abusive grooming. It's like I remember having feeling... really bad crushes, like crushes. Oh, I did too. I and I bet a... you people still write poems like I did about their crushes. Wow, you wrote poems? Oh, I did. God, so many poems. Oh, I remember, um, you guys remember the, the person I mentioned that he yes. died? Car crash oh. yeah um and i had a huge crush on him in high school and i and it, you know what we he was in theater with me like we talked we chat like there was a flirtation he was beautiful he was so freaking beautiful but i was really really like i i came out of my shell because i really liked him but I also like asked other people to ask about things he liked. And he was now looking back on it. I'm like, oh my God, this is crazy. Um, and I had a friend ask him like, what are his favorite things? And she came back to me and she was so excited. And she's like, he loves fish. And I'm like, <laughs> what do you mean fish? It's like, like eating fish? Should I cook him fish? No, like he loves fish in an aquarium, specifically beta fish. And I'm like, I don't even know what that is. She's like, beta fish. It's a beta fish. Gotta go to the pet store. So I go to the pet store, beta fish, like glow, right? So I bought him beta fish. Wow, you bought your crush fish? Yes, girl, there's more. There's more. And I had, I think it was my brother at the time. Was he still home? I think so. Or he was home from college or something like that. I found out where he lived. Also pre-internet. Now I'm thinking, how did we find? We had ways, yearbooks and, and directories and stuff like that, or or the phone book. The phone book had people's names in it. There were ways. Oh of my god, the phone book. Pre-internet. So I found out exactly where he went. Took the beta fish and put them in the fucking mailbox, and then drove off. That's so romantic. It's not. It's psychopathic. It's like it's psychotic. Were the fish <laughs> dead by the time Even you found I them? I can admit that. <laughs> and I worry about the fish to this fucking day. Like I don't. Wow. Maybe at the time I'd asked and the fish were okay, but I don't remember that. Like I literally don't know if those fish lived. I wonder how. <laughs> <laughs> wow i feel like this is a short film kid <laughs> it's terrible um uh, feel so bad for that it's called girl. the power of the fish yeah he likes that's fish. so sweet i once asked a ouija board if <laughs> this guy liked me <laughs> what it I like moved it so it was like it so did. you're asking a ghost you're I asked a ghost being if this, this guy likes you it was so embarrassing I asked if he liked me I was like with other people and I sort of like moved the part so it, it do you understand my name. what Why, a board is yeah yeah I, I mean it's like you have to ask the, you could ask the spirits like questions and then i remember the spirit should have been like bitch i don't know about the living like ask I, me about what's going on over here in the afterlife look i was just i was i was desperate you guys and then a bunch of people were like uh no the ouija board lied he likes this other person <laughs> 
Damn. That's humiliating, Jen. It was really humiliating. Also, it it would have been really humiliating if actually the Ouija, like the ghost had been like, no. (laughs) Yeah, that would have been better, I think. (laughs) If. um, It spells as if. Yes. Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> um instead i oh spelled god. out my own name like with other pe- you know Ugh, anyway oh my god Bring we, back are going, the Ouija we are going so long and we've only done two no. questions okay, okay. One more, uh, and let's let's do um fire how many how many questions are there left three more Okay, we'll do rapid rounds. Okay, okay, okay speed, uh, speed rounds. Up. They say we all grow into our parents. Is this true for all of you? What inherited personality pitfalls have you successfully avoided? And which ones have slipped into the fabric of your personality? Right. So many. First, um, I don't know what I've avoided. I think it's really hard to be that self-aware. Like if, if we uh, were that self-aware, no one would turn into their parents. Yeah. Um, no one would turn into their parents. Um, but I know how I'm similar. Like, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm, I'm cranky. I can get very, very cranky at other people. I think my dad is kind of cranky um, and kind of always has been to a certain extent. Maybe that's my answer, Jen. I'm Speed cheap. Around. I'm oh. cheap. Um, my dad was really cheap. Um, I loved him. Um, I'm, I'm anti-snob. My dad was hated snobs. Uh, and I think I am too. I'm a class, little class warrior. This is totally my dad. Um, I'm, uh, I'm trying to think of ways I was, I, I'm like my mother. Um, uh, so, you know, I, I'm a clo- I'm a clothes horse. My mom loved clothes. Um, you know, like yeah. uh, a certain warmth. Also, my mother loved girlfriends. She loved women. She loved women friends and women friendship. And that was really important to her. And I think that's something I've inherited too from her. Um, things that I've avoided. Wow, Jen has really made herself look good with this um No, I think maybe. Uh, Give us some uh, of the dirt. Give us some oh, of the dirt. Geez, I think that maybe. I've avoided, um, well, my mother was very Catholic, so, or she wanted to be, so maybe I, I, I'm, yeah, that kind of like, uh, loyal loyalty to Catholicism. I don't really have that quality so much. Um, so yeah, I think that that's, that's probably that that's, that's it that I can think of right now. I'm, as we Sometimes, know, Tina, oh, finish. I feel like I'm dating my dad, which is really <laughs> weird. Oh. I feel like ways. a lot of people are. And I right? Normal. <laughs> yeah. And well, I well, think I wish, that, I wish this was not a speed round. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So much more. Yeah. And sometimes I think he's like, you're like my you guys, it's yeah. we're all we we all just need to be in therapy until we yeah. die. Some of us are in therapy. Agreed. I'm yeah. in therapy. Um, a, a, yeah. friend, a friend of mine, a, a friend of mine just said, and um, uh, a listener and a friend of mine just said, um, "Oh, I've just gone back to therapy." And I'm like, "Wait, you haven't been in therapy the whole time?" Because <laughs> like, <laughs> she was, but uh, but um, I, I I'm actually the opposite of you. I inherited being snobby from my dad. I think. Um, 
<laughs> Just, um, I said I inherited I, being an anti-snob. Correct. So I said I'm the opposite. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. So, um, sh- I think that's one of the more uh, not great qualities, I guess, that I've inherited from from. But you know, from my parents, I inherited a. Uh, a love for the for the beautiful in the world art you know and everything else mm-hmm. which i really appreciate yeah i mean for my mom i i've only inherited wonderful things from tina our number one or number two hi listener. tina yeah we love you tina um but you know i think i think my dad's also a little bit withholding emotionally and i think i'm maybe that way as well so i have to you know it's something i work on um yeah that was sorry overly sincere oh. i have to say more positive things that i'm like because jen reminded me of like yeah um my my creativity is definitely a combination of my mom and dad and even though my dad at first blush does not come off like that he really is a creative person and has always been maybe kind of frustrated um, and my mom too, my love of clothing, the theater, the arts, all of that. She exposed me to very young and I inherited that and I'm thankful for that and, um, good food. And also sometimes, oh, uh, one thing <laughs> there's moments where she let me know that shit was tacky and she thought it was important that I know it. And I don't know if that's positive or not. I just remember like being (laughs) at a wedding and the wedding was like sparkly and like flashing lights. And there was a, there was a, um, (laughs) there was a fountain that like poured champagne. And I said, I want to have a champagne fountain at my wedding. And she looked at me and it's like, some people might think, okay, she's killing your dreams, but I'm glad that she let me know because like now looking back at it, I'm like, that was tacky shit. She, she just looked at me and shot me a look and said, <laughs> and unsanitary. Yes. That's part of what makes it tacky. So yeah. Thanks. Thanks mom and dad for all of, <laughs> all of that grab bag of, of things. Whew. Um, are we ready for, um, actually, this is the last question because Jordan's, uh, uh final question was about a relationship advice. So we can save that for another episode. Cause it's not, okay, cool. not quite related. Thank you, Jordan, for the. Jordan is our number one have seen yes. you so yeah. much. Jordan. Lovely is, questions. I mean, these like, are really, really good questions. Thoughtful questions. I don't know if any of you guys have thoughtful questions. Maybe he's the only one, but if you do. Definitely write us with some. We yeah, and I do feel like you save the last, the best for last. I really love this question. Okay, great. What is the biggest myth about getting older that you once feared and now know not to be true? Hmm. Any reactions? Oh wow! I have. I had a lot of reactions to this. I have a lot of thoughts. Okay, give us your thoughts. Okay, so my first thought was. I thought that I have to wear uh, baby poop colored sweaters and like ill-fitting slacks and walk around with a cane. Like I like that color. Though. Like <laughs> you like that? Yeah, color? baby poop. Oh, I think it's called mustard. No, no, no. Oh no, I'm thinking like of like. Cute. A, it's I'm thinking like, of like a brown yeah, like green a color. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cute. Okay. Maybe. I, I just 
especially growing up in Europe. Yes, I grew up in Europe. I mm. want to remind you all, but um, oh, it's not Pete. It's not Pete's it's, mom. Sorry, I had to say that. Go ahead. Um, not a mauve, but like just like a light brown that's kind of, yeah, you know, yeah. Some, whatever. But, you know, when I grew up, where I grew up in Spain, 50 year old people, which is what I'm going to be soon, they were fully attired like old the people. stereotype of old European people that you see. That's like yeah. an old man sitting in the town square on a bench smoking a cigarette. <laughs> And like maybe through playing patank with the other old men in the town. Like and the woman with the like the headscarf, the babushka. Oh yeah. Headscarf for the woman and a house dress, just like a sack yeah. with a hole in it. And a pattern. I mean, I and, like, think that's precious in a certain way. I think it's amazing. I mean, <laughs> don't you think? Yeah. Camille? But to look this good at almost 50, like this cool. I agree. Yeah. It, I, I, I could have never fathomed. You do. You look great. And I think I think that's and I think whatever, you know, we look great, whatever. You can't see us. We're all beautiful. OK. And um, it's true. You're told that you're you're told that your sexuality just leaves your body. You're told that you're like become unattractive because like age and, and, and unattractiveness are synonymous and it's just not true. And um, yeah, you're told that people will lose interest in you, you know, and that you'll become boring. And when, when in reality, if you're doing it right, you should become more interesting. So those are my thoughts on it. Yeah, I think you've become more comfortable with yourself, which is really great. And you it's care sexier less. when someone's comfortable with themselves versus. Yeah. Like, that's why I was saying that thing about youth. You're you're all gorgeous, but you're all like, oh my god, I hate myself. And it's like, uh, well, that's not that's not cute. It's like it's not sexy. Yeah, this is is definitely no. comes with you know experience and comfort with yourself and, and self assuredness and and yeah, that doesn't yeah stop when you get older. On the you know contrary, it it gets better. So. Yeah, and. Yeah, and you hear us complain yeah, it's like a for more... comedic purposes on this podcast about the ailments that we're starting to suffer and whatever. But I guess we don't often talk about what you're saying, like the confidence you feel in yourself and, you know, yeah. just your place in the world, yeah. what you're doing or what you're not doing and your choices. Just you feel much more comfortable being alive. Yeah. 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 I think it's a hard one type of confidence, which is nice. It's like that. It's it's genuine rather than bravado, like a certain comfort with yourself. Yeah. It's true. I it's like a, feel like. Yeah. No, go ahead. Go ahead, Jen. I was going to say I feel sometimes shock at my age, though. I'm like, I don't feel like I'm in my like I'm middle-aged <laughs> it's kind of like I am still surprised because I feel like I'm actually in my 20s I don't know not in my 20s exactly but I do I'm like because I don't think I've achieved everything that I want to achieve I definitely wish I was more financially stable like in a way that I think I ex maybe expected to be 
So I do think that for our generation, I mean, I mean, I think if I'd, I'd had like a super normie path and I hadn't tried to be an actor, moved to New York and I don't know, do you know, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, we I, think I, would have, I think our Gen X, we invented eternal childhood. We invented yeah. like, oh, we're going to fetishize our childhood toys, video games, whatever. Um, yeah. You know, we are making all the Marvel movies now. Like we are, we are that generation where it was like, okay, you can be 50 and wear sneakers. Right. It was like unthinkable. Can you imagine like, a? of course, boomers wear sneakers, but, but like, we are the first generation who was like, we're going to collect sneakers and we're going to wear them when we're 50. You know, like, like we invented all of this stuff that's now normal. Right. Like recycling and cultural stuff and being nostalgic about childhood toys and movies and stuff um yeah so yeah it's we don't want to look we don't want to look old we don't want to be perceived as old in the sense of what i was talking about before like dressing in drab clothing and you know sort of just like shuffling down the street <laughs> like uh, anonymously. in a way that's that's got it that's like programmed by the society around you right you know at this certain time you know, that that was cultural and that was of its time. Like at a certain time, you pack it up, you stop, you know, we, marriage is a, a a stop along the way. And that means that you stop trying and you have your babies and then you you go into your um uh, you know, what is the word? Your um, man cave. I don't know. Yeah. No, no, no. You're you go into the phase of your life where you are your your cronehood is that how someone put it the other sure. day sure yes yeah cronehood um, yes she did she put she said term cronehood and I was like she said I'm enjoying my cronehood and I laughed like to myself like oof I like it I oof a crone that is that's a very evocative image a crone is like a witch, like basically that's what she looks like. But you know, she don't give a fuck and you know, that's to be commended. But anyway, we, we, we're we not programmed to like pack it up and to stop caring at a certain age. It's just not how things go anyway, anymore. True. Yeah, I think I think that's right. And I think that's good. I mean, I think that's, I, I think it's good to like keep fighting for, um, to live, right? To be engaged yeah. in life and mm-hmm. live and move and be active and and cultivating relationships. I think that's important. I do. Um, but at the same time, it's funny. Uh, like I've definitely, there, there's, clo- it's interesting to be like, okay, I can't really wear that anymore. <laughs> like oh, to, yeah. To, oh, there's to definitely admit, times that I'm like, yeah. yeah. Okay. Like sure. Ixnay. Don't let anybody else tell me that, but I, I'm I will make that determination for myself. Yeah. Yeah. To acknowledge subtle shifts in the fact that okay, I, I'm not in my twenties anymore. Yeah. So, you know, I do have to admit because there is, you know, the, did you ever see, it's an Amy Poehler and Tina Fey movie. And like Amy Poehler plays this mother who's basically dressing like her daughter. It's unbearable. What is that? The what, the baby one? Yeah. Yeah. It's uh-huh. unwatchable. unwatchable. Yeah. I, I was thinking because the title has always intrigued me, but I didn't, I've never seen it. Last Fuckable Day. Because I've, I've, I've always thought about this concept. 
Yeah, like, yeah, it was a sketch. Buckable dead. Uh-huh. Oh, it's a sketch. Okay, not a whole movie. God, because that would be a. <laughs> yeah, be it's an Amy Schumer. Why is Tina Fey such a wonderful writer, but her movies are all garbage? Like I don't understand. Stop acting in them, maybe. You know what? Except for okay. except for Mean Girls, of course, which is a masterpiece. But. True. That was that was that had yeah. like a that had like a document. It was based on a book that's very re- really good source material. Yeah, I don't know, but there's the like Baby Mama movie. Then there's the that's it, Baby Mama. The horrible like wine when the gr- girlfriends go on a wine retreat. God. Oh yeah, so uh huh. Wine painful. Country or something. I believe it or not, I watched it. That was a pandemic so did special. I. Yeah. Um, listeners can you answer this this truly burning question for us why does um tina fey make bad movies (laughs) yes please and she's probably my generation right she's probably gen x yeah for sure um Um, we need to oh god guess what we've run long yeah i know shocking i had one more thing to say about this question but i don't know if i should because we've run so long go ahead I felt so Great strongly questions. about this issue is that I was it was hammered into me. Oh, yeah, you're so liberal now that you're young. But when you get older and you have like an IRA yes. and whatever, you're yes. going to you're going to be get really conservative. And only that's a good one. Yeah. That's and a good one. Yeah, not, yeah. And maybe it's just us because I feel like in general, that is true. Overall, in the population, people do get more conservative as they get older and they just care about their money. But I think in this group, it's not at all true. It's not, not just money. It's 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 all lifestyle things. It's like, oh, when you're young, I mean, of course, when you're young, you're, you might be a little crazy. You might club whatever your <laughs> experience was like. Yeah. You might be like those drunk Scottish girls, like with no pants on. Um, but like, you know, I'm the same person i didn't have some and i'm you know approaching that half century mark motherfucker but you know my my youth was spent exploring what i believed and what i wanted for my life and that there is a rebellion in that and that's normal but it doesn't mean that you have to like turn back and like after you've figured out who you are and thought for yourself regress back to letting everybody else think for you that has happened to me and it won't happen to me yeah and that is a really big one camilo i appreciate you yeah and i and i also like not only that i specifically meant at the ballot box you know like oh you'll you'll vote democrat when you're young but when you get older you'll start voting republican it's like (laughs) no the republican party is completely deranged i will say my belief in the democratic party has collapsed they're not static yeah they're not static yeah i mean the i will say i think I, in my lifetime i've seen the republican party get completely just utterly fucking deranged, you, know what jim monstrous. Said earlier? you know what jim said earlier though he's like he's like just to keep it in perspective we were talking yeah. about this earlier he said there's always been kooks in the in congress it's like, look at any era in Congress. There's always been the kooks. There's always been the Marjorie Taylor Thomases. They've expressed themselves in a different way. But yeah. when we were growing up, there were avowed racists in Congress. Like now they're a little more subtle. But like, remember, I mean, St- Strom Thurmond or whatever. I was just thinking Strom Thurmond is exactly like, 
came to mind. I was like, oh man. Well, Jesse Helms. Yeah. Too. So we, yes. there's, Congress but, has but, always but had its fringe. Yes, yes. But we have people like Tucker Carlson. Okay. He's not a congressman, but he says blatantly racist ass shit that yeah. some of these, these, you know, uh, Republican congressmen, congressmen glom onto anyway. So yeah, it might not be as overt in certain sectors, but it is in others. Yeah. Like, no, the media is definitely bonkers, but yeah. Um, should we wrap it up? We shall. In our probably will be our longest episode ever. We'll see. You know what I think you need to do? I think you need to compose a song for Jordan Tierney. It's true. <laughs> he is our half C favorite fan. Tina again is the patron saint. Yes. Mm-hmm. About halfway there. Okay. Also, my fr- I would like to shout out my friends Hampton and Chris, who are stalwarts too. Oh yes, I yes. love a Hampton. Is it? It's not. Is it the comedian Hampton Yount from uh, from uh, it can be Science Theater Three Thousand? It can be if you want it to be Camille. Yeah. Okay. Um, but it's my dearest, my dearest friends, and they they listen every week too. Yes. This is a love letter to our fans. Let's yeah. just say it now. We love our fans. Um, yes. We also want our fans to go out there kind of like the apostles and um get us more fans <laughs> yeah <laughs> like right. spread teach the gospel a, teach of a fan. There. <laughs> yeah good, good the good word of, of teach a fan to fish for more fans <laughs> and you will never stop providing fans <laughs> or bring fish to a fan in the mailbox <laughs> and they will become more exactly <laughs> yes <laughs> get us more fans or get us more fins either one uh-huh. <laughs> yes um okay so we're at halfway there the podcast and on the socials uh you can reach us at halfway there the podcast at gmail.com kim checks it religiously that's how she found Jordan's questions uh send us more stuff right at that yes. email Yes. Please. Yes. Um, we're just waiting. We are. We are. I'm sorry. I apologize. We're not on LinkedIn. Um, <laughs> and um, funny. <laughs> and uh, support us with our Patreon. I look for halfway there. The podcast on Patreon. We uh, we will give you extras on Patreon, including if you give enough money, a cool T-shirt. So um, with with what what does it say on the T-shirt? Keep it perky. Keep it perky. This has been Halfway There, but it's also the end. The end of this episode of Halfway There. You get it.